The following is brought to you by Will Harris, Dustin Campbell, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. Hello and welcome everybody to the Politics, Politics, Politics program for June 29th. 2022 your old pal justin robert young here and there is an old jewish proverb that says that man plans and god laughs because i spent all day today significant parts of last night working on a a produced serious researched episode about what has led us to where we are on abortion that i was going to put out on wednesday and instead as i was taking a break from editing i see that twitter is exploding and so We are going to reshuffle because of the testimony of Cassidy Hutchinson to the January 6th committee. We're going to bring you some sound. I'm going to bring you my analysis. We're going to read Trump's truths. Very quiet on the Trump listserv today, but he has been truthing up a storm on his own social media platform. We will bring you all of that first. Some programming notes. This is going to be a weird week since obviously the the, the abortion episode will now come out on Friday. This is going to be our episode that normally comes out on Wednesday. So no guests this week. Uh, We will we will be back to our normal schedule next week. But Cassidy Hutchinson, at the time of this testimony, is the executive assistant to Mark Meadows. She was also the legislative assistant to Mark Meadows, who obviously was the chief of staff for Donald Trump before, during, and after the 2020 election. Based on her testimony that we saw today, she has spoken with the January 6th committee for over 20 hours. The video that they showed had her at multiple locations. But let's break down what what stuck out to me as I watched it. Uh, First, she says that it was only a January 2nd conversation with Rudy Giuliani, which was the first time she felt scared about January 6th because Rudy was so excited and said it would be a great day. And it was at that point that she began to worry that there was going to be something that would either tarnish the legacy of the president or worse. So here's some of the clips that we are going to play here for you. They were easily the high points of a very stage-managed January 6th hearing. Obviously, this is something that Much reporting has been done on. There was a producer brought in from ABC that was going to keep this tight and and have everybody be click, 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 click. 
that's what this was. This felt very much like a presentation and not a fact-finding mission. All the questions were either set up by previous video of testimony of Hutchinson. So here's the first story. Hutchinson says that uh, Trump was upset about the crowd in the ellipse. That is that area right behind the White House. What Trump wanted was for as many people to be in there as possible. And he felt that there were some people that were outside of the ellipse that were not coming in because there were, they kept calling them mags. They're metal detectors. They're, they're every metal detector that you've ever gone through. I've walked through Secret Service metal detectors to cover the president. Trump wanted them gone so people could come in with weapons. This is that clip. Because the rally space wasn't full. Um, one of the reasons, which I've previously stated, was because he wanted it to be full and for people to not feel excluded because they'd come far to watch him at the rally. Um, and he felt the mags were at fault for not letting everybody in. But another leading reason, and likely the primary reason, is because he wanted it full and he was angry that we weren't letting people through the mags with weapons, what the Secret Service deemed as weapons and our, our weapons. <laughs> but when we were in the offstage announced tent, I was part of a conversation I was, in the, I was in the vicinity of a conversation where I overheard the president say something to the effect of, you know, I, I don't effing care that they have weapons. They're not here to hurt me. Take the effing mags away. Let my people in. They can march to the Capitol from here. Let the people in. Take the effing mags away. All right. So let me just say this here. I very much believe from everything that we have seen about Donald Trump that if there's one thing that he would get upset about, it is optics. He wanted everybody possible to be filling out the maximum capacity of that ellipse. Do I believe that he was having an argument with Secret Service about getting as many people in there in the ellipse? 150%. There is no doubt in my mind that if he believes more people could be there in front of the camera while he was standing there, that somebody who is obsessive about television optics would fight about that. Yes. Do I believe that he says the phrase, take the effing mags away? They're not there to hurt me. I actually buy that too. Now, it sounds to me just as plausibly to be a response to Secret Service saying, they, we can't do that for your safety. And he says, take them away. They're not going to hurt me. As it does to me that Trump knew that there was going to be violence at the Capitol and he wanted the same violent people that were going to go into the Capitol to be there with him first. But I very much believe that that was probably said. All right. Looking at my notes here. Uh, Hutchinson portrays her old boss, Mark Meadows, as without emotion and and almost beaten on January 6th. In fact, every time that in the story she comes back to talking to Meadows, 
he is described as being without reaction, like almost just just walking through what is the worst day of his professional life. It's probably here that we should note that it is not controversial that Hutchinson has had a falling out with Meadows, who refuses to appear on the January 6th hearing. According to CNN, and we will get to this when we get to Trump's reaction to this, part of that falling out stems from Hutchinson wanting to be a part of Trump's permanent staff in Mar-a-Lago, just like Meadows is a part of the permanent staff in Mar-a-Lago. But uh, that did not happen. She used to have a lawyer that was close with Trump world. She now no longer has a lawyer that is close with Trump world. And she is a star witness on the January 6th hearing. There's a million reasons why that happens. Whether or not you want to read anything into it, friends, that is up to you. Life is a choose-your-own-adventure. Let's get into some more of this sound. This is one of... I mean, look, one of these is kind of wild. The other is an actual cartoon. An actual cartoon. Here's the first. This is Donald Trump, who desperately wanted to fulfill the promise that he made on stage, saying that he was going to be with the protesters that would walk toward the Capitol. He wanted to do that. He was unable to do that. And this is his reaction once he is in the Beast. The Beast is the code name for the presidential vehicle. There's been some some uh, farting and tooting online about whether or not it was the presidential limousine that is often referred to as the beast or a version of a SUV. I believe that the beast is just the code name for the car the president's in and any car the president's in is fortified with the levels of things you need to have uh, the, uh, the, you know, those levels of security. So it can't blow up from the bottom. You can shoot a bazooka into it and it's not going to explode that kind of stuff. Anyway, here is this story, which is whew. a little lost. Um, and I, I looked at Tony and he had said, did you effing hear what happened in the beast? I said, no, Tony, I, I just got back. What happened? Tony proceeded to tell me that when the president got in the beast, he was under the impression from Mr. Meadows that the off-the-record movement to the Capitol was still possible and likely to happen, but that Bobby had more information. So once the president had gotten into the vehicle with Bobby, he thought that they were going up to the Capitol, and when Bobby had relayed to him, we're not, we don't have the assets to do it, it's not secure, we're going back to the West Wing, the president had very strong, a very angry response to that. Um, Tony described him as being irate. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. 
Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. And was Mr. Angle in the room as Mr. Ornato told you this story? He was. Did Mr. Angle correct or disagree with any part of the story for Mr. Ornato? Mr. Angle did not. This is one of those stories that I really, really, really wish that this hearing wasn't as stage managed as it was. Because even when you listen to it, like I would just have follow up questions as an interviewer. She says that Trump reached for the steering wheel, had his hand grabbed. But then the next time she refers to it, his hand is on the steering wheel. So did Trump grab the steering wheel or did he reach for the steering wheel? And was it close to the steering wheel? Furthermore, when we hear the phrase clavicle, clavicle are, 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 is, is the bone below the throat. So, it, was it a shove? Was it a choke? What, what were their hands around a neck? Because she says clavicle, not neck. And and I think it's fairly clear, especially when you watch all of these video uh, videos of her being uh, not deposed, right? But but questioned by the January Sixth Committee. She's got a binder of talking points because they are going over exactly what she wants to say. And by the way, you should in these situations, you should know exactly what you're going to say. But boy, what I love to to just get a few more questions in on exactly what clavicle means. Clavicle is just some. I, I it's just that. Look, I've been around a bunch of people who have gotten into fights. I've told stories about people getting into fights for most of my life, both childhood and and in adult, remembering fights of yore. I have never in my life said, oh, man, this was crazy. Dude was drunk. Next thing you know, he grabbed his clavicle. I've never referred to clavicle. I've been watching professional wrestling for most of my adult life. Very rarely have I heard an announcer refer to a attack on a clavicle. I've heard broken clavicle in sports, but when it comes to describing a physical act, that to me was just maddeningly imprecise, or at least it was too precise to, to, to know exactly whether or not it was a push. Is it a grab? It was, was it, was it, uh, you know, grabbing him by maybe the, the tie or shirt or coat and like a push forward. Was it a, a choke? The, the, there, a lot of the, the insinuation is going toward choke because when she says clavicle Hutchinson, she kind of makes not, not a, not a, this is going to be great to describe this over a podcast, like kind of a Wu Tang, kind of a Wu Tang symbol. Like she puts both hands on her clavicle making it look as if you are about to get choked, but she doesn't say choke or say hands on neck. Either way, this is a wild story. I'm not here to, to, to put down how nuts, nuts so bobutso this story is. Okay. It is a crazy story. 
It's also a story she wasn't in the room for. It's also a story that at this point is hearsay, but, but still a crazy story. And let me say this about the January 6th committee. While nothing today has done anything to change my priors on what I believe happened or anything to change my opinion about Donald Trump, certainly wild, totally out of school details about the president clavicling a staff member is something that I am always here for. One more. And this one. Cheese Louise with cheese, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how to even quantify this. I don't know how to quantify this because I love reading the secret lives of presidents. I love it. And boy, are there some real kooky bastards who have, 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 have inhabited that office. They've got odd habits, some of them more flamboyant than others. But this is maybe the most cartoonish. And I mean that in that you can imagine a cartoon being made of this description of a president. Here we go. How did the president react to hearing that news? Around the time that I understand the AP article went live, I remember hearing noise coming from down the hallway, so I poked my head out of the office. And I saw the valet walking towards our office. He had said, get the chief down to the dining room. The president wants him. So Mark went down to the dining room and came back to the office a few minutes later. After Mark had returned, I left the office and went down to the dining room. And I noticed that the door was propped open and the valet was inside the dining room changing the tablecloth off of the dining room table. He motioned for me to come in and then pointed towards the front of the room near the fireplace mantle and the TV where I first noticed there was ketchup dripping down the wall and there's a shattered porcelain plate on the floor. The valet had articulated that the president was extremely angry at the attorney general's AP interview and had thrown his lunch against the wall. Um, which was causing them to have to clean up. So I, I grabbed a towel and started wiping the ketchup off of the wall to help the valet out. Um, and he said something to the effect of, he's really ticked off about this. I, I would stay clear of him for right now. He, he's really, really ticked off about this right now. And Ms. Hutchinson, was this the only instance that you are aware of where the president threw dishes? It's not. And are there other instances in the dining room that you recall where he expressed his anger? There were, there were several times throughout my tenure with the chief of staff that I was aware of him either throwing dishes or flipping the tablecloth um, to let all the contents of the table go onto the floor and likely break or go everywhere. So not only does he throw the plate and it's something to do with ketchup because the ketchup's on the wall and Cassidy is cleaning it. But we get the further, the further detail that Donald John Trump, the 45th president of the United States of America, is a habitual plate thrower. 
This man throws plates multiple. And and Hutchinson wasn't in the White House for that long. According to her, this is something that was well known that when the man is angry, he throws a plate or and this is where it goes over the top or he yanks the 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 tablecloth so as to throw everything that was on the dinner table all over the room plates cups saucers white house fine china i mean i don't know how fine the china is in the white house all the french fries the burgers all of it the diet diet coke everywhere this is just oh my good lord I, uh, this was the only moment, this was the only moment where I was like, all right, maybe we're passing along. Maybe we're, maybe we're passing along some stuff. Maybe we're passing along something a little second or third hand. I mean, again, she is not a firsthand witness for anything but that first clip. She says she is a firsthand witness to Trump saying, get the mags away. Uh, They're not here to hurt me. And I believe that. The second one, boy, I'd love more details on. And the third one, I mean, I mean, it's very silly. It's just very silly. It is very, very silly. Okay, uh, let's get into some analysis here. Number one, this is why I believe Trump wanted, in hindsight, Kevin McCarthy to put people on the panel. Uh, uh, He would want somebody like Jib Jordan on the panel for something like this because he would have somebody else asking these questions. I can see why he was upset that there was that this was effectively just a PowerPoint presentation. This was a multimedia presentation uh, of getting these stories out there. And for somebody that, again, is extraordinarily media sensitive, that makes sense. Before I get to, all right, here, I have my notes on just what I think about her uh, in general, but let's read, um, let's read Trump again, quiet on his listserv, popping off when it came to his truth, his truths. All right, here we go. This was the first one. I hardly know this person, Cassidy Hutchinson, other than I heard very negative things about her, a total phony and a leaker. And when she requested to go with certain others of the team to Florida after uh, my having served a full term in office, I personally turned her request down. Why did she want to go with us if she felt that we were so terrible? I understand that she was very upset and angry that I didn't want her to go or be a member of the team. She is bad news. Trump then continues, never complained about the crowd. It was massive. I didn't want a request that we make room for people with guns to watch my speech. Who would ever want that? Not me. Besides, there were no guns found or brought into the Capitol building. So where were all of these guns? But sadly, a gun was used on Ashley Babbitt with no price to pay against the person who used it. The old chungus still got it. Pivot, pivot, pivot. Okay, uh, next. Her fake story that I tried to grab the steering wheel of the White House limousine in order to steer it to the Capitol building is sick and fraudulent, very much like the unselect committee itself. 
wouldn't even have been possible to do such a ridiculous thing. Her story of me throwing food is also false. Why would she have to clean it up? I hardly knew who she was. He goes on. She changed lawyers a couple days ago and with it, her total story changed. Shocker. All caps, three question marks. Uh, Cheney spelled wrong. Uh, conveniently left out the snippet of my speech, which is uh, go peacefully and patriotically. This was because during, uh, you know, basically saying that Donald Trump knew that there were violent people with guns. Uh, he told them to go to the Capitol. They left out that thing. No cross, uh, no cross examination of this so-called witness. This is a kangaroo court. Back to the Jim Jordan should have been on the panel thing, which we have heard emanating from Trump world. Her body language is that of a total bull dot, dot, dot artist fantasy land. Uh, and then also, I never said that Mike Pence deserved to be hung. Another made up statement by a third rate social climber, total phony, blah, blah, blah. That was other stuff that was on the January 6th. Uh, committee was a uh, a statement that Trump said when after he was told that there was uh, signs that said hang hang Mike Pence he said that he deserved it. <sighs> but nothing like throwing plates. A habitual plate thrower. LBJ swam naked. Nixon talked to portraits. JFK bought all the Cuban cigars before the embargo went in, and Donald Trump habitual plate thrower and that'll wrap it up for us today politics 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 is written recorded by me justin robert young for dog and pony show audio in austin texas i will not have another episode before thursday that will be for patrons so if anything else pops off on the january 6th hearing it's going to have to cross a really high bar for me to do a, a, another bonus episode on this. But you will get a Thursday episode if you are on the Patreon. Pay, uh, TakePoliticsSeriously.com is where you go for that. $3 tier gets you those bonus episodes. $10 tier gets you your name right at the end of the show like these fine folks in the $10 tier. V-Guard, Alexis, Neil of Neils, MC Dradio, Unsafe DB Levels, Katie, Double K Ranch, Amanda, Yield Pinball Shop, John, DP4 Bongo, Neemeister, Nick's Horseless Diner, Catherine, Persons Familiar with the Matter, and Vote Gloria Young for King of the New World Order. 100 Mile Runner, Edison, Up, Up, Down, Down, Left, Right, Left, Right, B.A. Start, Dr. G, Headphones, Neil, Charles, Darren, Aegisars, Landy, and Blue Front, and the Lenina, D.L., Steven, Chad, Nomadic Terran, Diana, Shrill, Shrieks, Miranda, G Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul is awesome. Brad, Richard, D. Laser, just another pilot, middle-aged Mike, Utah, Jimmy, Montana, the Gen, Adam, L. D. Really, Chopper, J. Pink, Andrew, and Josh. You want your name read there? Take politics seriously is where to go. If you want to give us a one-time donation, it is just this simple: PayPal.me/slash PayJury. Justin-Young-20 PX3Cash on Cash App. And P.O. Box 1531-84, Austin, Texas, 78715 for the one-time donation. All right. Sorry for the crazy week. Turns out it's a crazy week. Can't say anything else about that. Love you guys. I uh, will see you on the uh, Patreon feed on Thursday. And back here with our How We Got Here on Abortion on Friday. Till then, your old pal Justin Robert Young saying, 
Some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics. But this is the only show that dares discuss all Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio.